This is a reminder, you are listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show and interact with Mon and myself for the breakfast show, then simply go to faithfm.com.au and press play or use the TuneIn radio app. And this is Encounter with God. You're listening to Faith FM. We're about to have another clue for our quiz, so get ready to answer it. What, what do you got for creature us? am I? Create a quiz right here. What is it? Clue number three. Jesus told Peter that he would find money to pay their taxes in one of these. Inside a creature. Inside a creature. This is an odd, odd thing. It's not normal. It's not normal. You don't usually find money inside these things. Uh, but in this It kind of makes sense. If you've been fishing, you've done a bit of fishing, it kind of makes sense. to. Oh, oops. Congratulations, Lyle. You <laughs> made it, it all again. the way to 26th of July, 2019, <laughs> and you've finally accidentally it. given away the answer to the quiz. <laughs> you gave it away. <laughs> I did it. I did it. I did it. You had a pretty good run, Lyle. I'm going to have you. You had a pretty good run. You lasted a long time, and now you've finally given it away. <laughs> Everyone, uh, the show's was, over. Lyle's been fired. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll start a new clue, a new quiz. Yeah, I guess we will. The answer to that quiz was fish, if you hadn't quite figured well, it and out. And the reason I was saying that it was kind of, kind of makes sense is because fish do tend to swallow silvery, shiny things because they think they're other fish. Because yeah. fish kind of look silvery and, you know, we, we use those things not dissimilar to a... If Silver only coin. you could have told us that without giving away the answer, though. If only This I is could why you shouldn't that. talk about the quiz at all, ever. Okay. Who am I? New quiz. It's so much fun talking about the quiz. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, who am I? Clue number one. We're back at number one. I mix the blood of Galileans with sacrifices. Ooh. Who might that be? And if you want to send us your answer, um, where have you written it? No, you're wrong. Yes, Ooh, yes. Oh, Lyle's yes. wrong. Double prizes, guys. Double prizes if you can figure it out before Lyle does. Uh, give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. Text your answers and text text Lyle a hard time. Please send us a couple of... Zero <laughs> 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 is a number to text to give Lyle a hard time. Okay, so on this present quiz, you quiz. only have really two... Contenders, two bad guys. I really, really want you to stop talking. About <laughs> no, I, I like talking. About no, it. no, because you give it away. <laughs> you get all relaxed, and before you know it, things are just slipping just out. Slipping out. You'd make the worst spy. <laughs> they wouldn't even need a torch you to get the answers me. out no. of you. Oh, believe me. They just the moment they just have to show me a torture instrument, I'm like, yes, it was mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I need to end this friendship quick. <laughs> you do. <laughs> Before the end of times. <laughs> I'm not going to suffer on your behalf. <laughs> oh, uh, she's hiding in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's got Bibles. <laughs> Under the bags of potatoes. <laughs> Oh, dear. Uh, let's go to the book of Proverbs. So we're finished with Psalms for this week. Oh, okay. Righto. Not that we've got much of the week left. I mean, we could be in Proverbs for half a year. We could indeed. And we're continuing to look at the subject of mercy and helping out the poor and the needy. Um, interesting listening to that news report there a moment ago about the motorcyclists who are going to be riding around Australia 15,000 Ks in 30 days. Oh, wow. Uh, for Black Dog Institute. And so we do live in a country where a lot of people do do a lot of good things yeah. to um, to help out people who are either poor or, in this case, um, you know, suffering with mental illness and so forth. Mm-hmm. 
uh, but definitely need that that kind of support. So it's a great country to be a part of. We have a country where a lot of people volunteer and help out with uh, so many different um, community projects. It uh, and it's always a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. My question is this: because we're going to read a lot today about helping the poor, and the Bible says a lot to to say about helping the poor. Is throwing money at the poor always just going to solve the problem? No. No, no, no. Okay. So when it comes to helping the poor, we actually need to find really practical ways of doing so. So rather than giving the person a fish, we teach them, to fish. Teach them how to catch fish. Yeah. Um, and I think we've taken a very simplistic approach to this as Christians uh, because the Bible doesn't sort of go into a lot of detail. It just says you need to do this. And we have endeavoured to throw money at the problem rather than actually being practical about it and solving the problem and changing cycles of poverty. Look, I, I, when, I, when I was in school, I was told um, don't give money to people you see on the street in Australia begging for money because there's absolutely no need for it because we have such a, um, a good welfare system. Any one of them could just go to Centrelink and get the doll. So there's actually no reason for them to be um, sitting on the side of the road putting their hand out. And there might actually be uh, – I don't want to be down on anyone, but they said that the reason why some of the people might be doing that is because uh, they do have people who are monitoring how they use their doll money um, to prevent them from buying drugs. And so if they're out on the street begging, they're trying to get money that isn't monitored – so they can buy drugs. So they said, don't ever give your money to people sitting on the street. So I almost never give my money to beggars sitting on the street. I'll give it to buskers. Particularly here beggars. in Australia. Yeah. So particularly here in Australia. So I've always been extremely cautious mm. how I give money to the poor because I don't want to be an enabler. I don't want to give money to someone who's just going to shoot up and potentially kill And themselves. how often have we seen a beggar on the street here in Australia pull out their iPhone and start to have a conversation with That's somebody? That's right. Yeah. You know, and it's just sort of like, yeah, you know what? This just doesn't seem to uh, to yeah. ring true to me. I think I think it is something where we need to give and give wisely. That's why I'm almost more inclined to give to the poor in other countries where they don't have a welfare system yeah. as strong as ours. So this is this is very true. It's, it's like we we look at our country and it's like okay, why are people war poor? Sorry, yeah, um, you know, and it's going to be circumstances, choices, um, sometimes exploitation. Mm-hmm. Definitely, in a situation of exploitation, I want to support somebody who's been exploited. Yeah, uh, and I want to help them get on their feet. And all of our efforts to help the poor should be to help them get on their feet and get started into you know a work kind of environment or some you know some consistent support. Right. Um, the support that they need. A lot of there's a lot of mental illness, of course, with people on the street, and this yep. is this is one of the things that I've come to understand. You know, I've got uh, you know I know I, I know some homeless people, and and you sort of scratch your head and think, well, you know, there's actually a million reasons why you don't need to be homeless, mm-hmm. but it's the decisions that you're making yeah. that are making you homeless. But then I sort of wonder, all right, well, why are they making those decisions? And and uh, because you know, for the average person, it's just mind boggling. It's like you can solve this. This is not a difficult thing to solve. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if people are not prepared to make those decisions, you can't force a person. Yeah. It, it actually makes the, like substance abuse and mental issues, it makes the whole thing very difficult because sometimes even if you handed everything to a, a poor person on a silver platter, you know, housing, a job, money, clothes, whatever it is they needed, food. It's still not going to do anything. It's still not going to help them at all. Yeah. Um, 
I want to tell you a horrible story of something that happened in Kenya when I was just there earlier this year. Uh, there was a guy who was walking around. Well, he wasn't walking, sorry. He he had like stumps for legs. And uh, and so he was basically crawling along. You know how you see the gorillas? They move themselves on their knuckles. Mm-hmm. And then they drag their, their bum, basically. And so uh, he was he was getting around town like that and he was begging. And um, And some of the people on my mission team, you know, their heart went out to him. And uh, they went over and chatted to him and, you know, he had very broken English. And so they got a translator and they, you know, he, he was just saying how he had been, uh, he, he'd contracted some sort of disease that had rendered him unable to, to walk and you know, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, they decided to buy him a wheelchair. Wheelchairs, the good thing about this is that wheelchairs are surprisingly cheap compared to wheelchairs in Australia. Wheelchairs in Australia are like thousands of dollars. In, in Kenya, like 150 bucks. Mm-hmm. And so they chipped in. Uh, my team members, and they bought this fellow a wheelchair and um, and they presented it to him. And like, I have a video of this guy that they lift him up and they place him in the wheelchair. And he, you know, he suddenly starts like up and down and, you know, just swinging around and having a great time, you know, full mobility, just loving it. Um, and then, yeah, then, then we send him off. He goes back into town with his new wheelchair. Really wonderful story, really great, really beautiful. A few days later, I was out by myself shopping in town and I seen him on the side of the road without the wheelchair begging and so I went over to him and I'm like because he can't raise money if he's sitting in a wheelchair I don't know whether or not he does this multiple times over and over again where he gets um, you know white people who come to town and then sells the wheelchair they've given him and then goes back out and like gets another one and then sells that and gets another one like I don't know what I don't know what the deal is but giving him a wheelchair obviously didn't Mm. do anything Mm. so it may have even disadvantaged him. He might have even, yeah. Who know? He may, he may have. I have a feeling, because him and I couldn't quite communicate that well. And there wasn't a, a translator, but I have a feeling that almost what he was saying was like, "I leave the wheelchair at home because I look poorer, so I can sit on the side of the road." Yep. It's like it's how I earn my money mm. by begging and looking, you know, deformed. So you really have to be very careful with how you give your money and and to whom. <laughs> You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Yeah, and uh, n- another you know interesting story that uh, comes from right here in Australia, a uh, family that was living in one of these you know totally bogan suburbs. Yeah, we have some suburbs that are just oh, yeah. like um, we talk about a bit more Aussie than others. They're just like all the Darrows living there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they were living there, and they were poor, and they were um, you know on the dole and all that kind of stuff. And the father of the household said, you know what? We have our health and we have our fitness. We don't have to live like this. And we live in Australia. Yeah. He said, so I'm going to become a doctor. Wow. <laughs> so, you know, you can get your loans to do that kind of stuff. You don't have to have – we live in Australia. You don't have to have money to do that. Yeah, that's right. So he gets a loan. He puts himself through medical school, right? Yeah. He struggled. Of course. Because you come from a low socioeconomic environment, you come from a uh, background with poor education, and it took him years to get through. Uh-huh. And he got through. And he graduated. And it was not from the most prestigious university, uh-huh, uh-huh. but he graduates as a doctor and starts to work. And of course, you know, doctors make plenty of money. Mm-hmm. It didn't take him too long to pay all of his uh, debts off. And, so, um, and then all of the family just followed in his footsteps and they all became doctors. 
Dude, that is amazing. It's like the best story <laughs> ever. You go to the doctor and there's just like total bogan sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> the bogan doctor. I love it. <laughs> well, what we're going to do is we're going to cut the top of your head off and poke a stick in there and <laughs> see if we can find that cancer, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a great story, though! But yeah, no, it's actually you know it's, it's a true story, and uh, it, it shows that we, you know we do live in a in a world in, in in a place where there is opportunity. We do live in a country yeah. where there is opportunity, and you can choose to break the cycle of poverty. You know, and this was generational poverty um, that they had come from, and a generational cycle of you know um, alcohol abuse and and um, low wages and. Um, being on the dole and all that kind of the usual the usual story, it, it, and they're just like you know what I've got my health, I've got my mind. It might take me longer than the average person. Mm-hmm. Might be a bit of a harder struggle. But you know what's the thing. difference? The next eight years sitting here on the dole, or the next eight years you know Changing educating my myself, mm-hmm. and then um, you know it's a long term investment, and a lot of people in that environment struggle to be able to think eight years into the future. Mm-hmm. Or whatever it might be, but he's like, "Yeah, I'm going to make an investment," and he did. And but it's not—it's not just changing his life; it's changing. It's like a generational change. Like oh yeah, his family. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. those eight years yeah. might have taken a long time for him, but for, you know, for the kids, for the grandkids, you know, the kids—they all become doctors, and they're still um, half bogan. But you know, then yeah. the, the cycle is completely changed and broken, and it's just you know, yeah, they they become a professional family. We're so blessed to live in a lucky country where we can sit on our couches in our little bogan homes and decide, you know what, I'm going to change my life, and you can. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, but that's not always the case, not by any stretch of the imagination is that the case. And, of course, if you're dealing with somebody, you know, we do have a significant number of people here in our country who struggle with mental illness um, who are not in a position where they can do that kind of thing. And um, we have others who have been exploited. We have others who have um, come as, you know, immigrants or asylum seekers to this country that are finding it, you know, it'd be pretty rough to start off. You know, if I think of myself moving to a country as, say, an asylum seeker and arriving there and not speaking a word of the language, mm. not understanding the culture, not understanding what the cultural expectations on me as an individual are, you know, I would very easily make a fool out of myself on a very regular basis until I figured out, you know, how things worked in that country. Yep. And to be able to actually function in an environment where, um, you know, you don't speak the language would be incredibly challenging. Yeah, you actually have a disadvantage then. Oh, yeah. Major dis- and yeah. these are people that we need to look out for and we need to be there for. We need to, you know, this is, this is a whole people group that we can help here in this country, help them get on their feet, help them learn the language. It's, you know, we talk about uh, all these asylum seekers that just want to come to this country for free stuff. Mm-hmm. And typically that is not actually the case with first-generation immigrants. Yeah, absolutely. It's the second generation that creates all the problems. They have no idea who they are. Are they Australian? Are they from their country of origin? You know, the the, the second generation is, is where we really, really struggle. But that first generation will work if they can master enough of the language skills to be able to hold a job. And, and they want to. They want to. And it's interesting because yesterday we learned, you know, we were reading the Bible that the, the Bible actually talks about foreigners in, you know, in your land. To look and how God them. looks out for the mm-hmm. foreigners and sticks. God sticks up for the foreigners and the refugees and, the, you know, this kind of thing. Um, and so as Christians, yeah, we have a moral obligation. 
Absolutely. Towards the foreigners, towards the refugees that we're looking after. We have a moral obligation to bring refugees to this country. Oh, that's a, that's a heavy one. Mm. It is. I believe it is. I believe that um, every country in the world that is blessed with yeah. peace, yeah. right, with peace, has an obligation to take in a certain percentage of refugees from war-torn areas. That's interesting. Because I, I, I just I seen a poster recently that said, um, if you live in a blessed country, instead of building higher walls, you should build a longer table. Yeah, and we need to do so. We need to do it in a way that is smart yeah. and intelligent, mm-hmm. and all countries that have peace need to pitch in. And as a refugee, you know, if there was war here in this country, I would have my preferences as countries I'd like to go to. Oh, absolutely. But I'd be happy to be any country any, that there, yeah. that where my life was not under threat. Yeah, that's right. You know, if I was peace if I was dumped in, uh, in in Papua New Guinea, I'd make a life in Papua New Guinea. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, provided it was in a part of Papua New Guinea where my life was not under yeah. threat. <laughs> yeah, <coughs> some pretty dodgy well, places up there. Places, but you know, that's the point: is that um, a genuine refugee is going to be thankful that they have found asylum. Amen. You know, and you know the, the argument comes up: you know, a refugee is not somebody who has crossed four borders to get to your country, and I agree with that. You know that's a that's somebody who is a uh, an economic immigrant. But when they cross their first border and they find refuge, then the world needs to step in, and the world needs to take the pressure off that country by distributing them evenly around the world into various countries where there is peace. I also think there's a responsibility to apply political pressure to countries that don't have peace. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. There's so much that we could be doing, you know. I mean, it just... And and this is one of the reasons why, because people get upset over foreign aid, but this is one of the reasons why Australia invests so heavily in the South Pacific. If we don't invest... You know, we're better off to invest our money uh, developing, um, you know, lives in the South Pacific than dealing with a massive uh, refugee problem or economic refugee problem uh, here in Australia. I think think Australians will only ever get... A sense of what this is like if it happens to us. Can you imagine if Australia, yeah, yeah, we suddenly started having massive infighting or something, and we all wanted it out? We yeah, it's not appreci- something. It's not something that you and I can ever really understand, yeah. is it? We would then appreciate <clears throat> other countries' um, uh, foreign aid policies, mm-hmm. yeah, and their refugee policies. Most definitely, we would. Let's go to Proverbs chapter ten, and you've got some thoughts on this. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. Proverbs uh, 10, verse 4. So 1-800-324-843 is our number. We have a bunch of verses to get through here this morning in our Bible study. Proverbs 10, verse 4 says, Lazy people are soon poor. Hard workers get rich. There's a very simple solution there, and it is not possible. I understand it is not possible for everybody to be able to work. But everybody who is able to work should either be uh, working or looking for work. There's only two categories. Mm. You know, there's been a couple of times when uh, you know my boys have sort of, you know, they've they've, they've come back and and um, you know from a period of work, and it's like, yeah, you know, three months through to the end of the year, I might um, have a bit of a break, and it's like, yeah, no, if you're gonna live in my home, there's two categories. Yeah, <laughs> you are either working or you are looking for work. Love you can it. Have yeah, one of those two. There is nothing in between um, because you know we should be being productive members of society. The Bible gives very simple advice on how to um, cure, you know, poor, uh, poorness. 
Poverty. Poverty. There you go. Thank you. That's, That's the word you're looking for. Yeah, it's 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 not like it's hard. Like this is it's very simple. It sets it out. Um, you know, Proverbs is full of this advice, full of um, you know how to how to deal with laziness and how to deal with poverty. Uh, chapter thirteen, verse twenty-three, please. Thirteen, verse twenty-three. A poor person's farm may produce much food, but injustice sweeps it all away. Okay, so here's the flip side of the coin. You can work as hard as you want, but there are many times that injustice just sweeps it away. And it happens right here in this country. You know, bad things happen to people. People's lives spiral out of control because of things that they are not really, you know, it's not their fault. And uh, we need to be looking out for people in those situations. I bought into the lie and I spent all my gold. When I feel alive, how will I ever be whole? And I bartered my dreams for glitter and smoke. I was rich as a king, but my heart was broke. You JJ Heller with The Well here on Faith FM. And let's go to Proverbs chapter 14 and let's read verse 31, please, Mon. Proverbs 14, 31 says, Those who oppress the poor insult their maker, but helping the poor honors him. Okay. Hmm. 
All right, so we need to find practical ways of helping the poor. Yeah, because we don't like, like I said before, I don't give money to beggars on the street in Australia. But that's not me oppressing the poor. That's me making a, a informed decision on how there are needier help. people in the world, um, people that you know have a lot less opportunities. Yeah. So I think yeah, I think we need to be careful about how we look at this. You know, a lot of- yeah, it's it an interesting thought, you know, because I, I was just thinking about the example you gave of uh, the man that you guys gave that wheelchair to mm. and how by receiving a wheelchair, it's effectively stripped him of his livelihood. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I sort of think about, you know, some of the beggars that we contributed to and you always contribute to the worst. Yeah. The one who is the most disabled, the one who is the most, um, you know, and I sort of think, well, then they're the ones that are actually making all the money. Mm-hmm. And the other beggars who are just as poor because they don't have a physical deformity are going a lot hungrier. And so, yeah, maybe that's going to change the way I look at things when I travel to third world countries. Look, tra- traveling in general has to really make you wise up to it because I remember I was in Rome, which is not a third world country no. uh, city either, and um, and seeing a man who had painted leprosy on himself. It was fake leprosy. I actually observed him painting it on. And then sort of shuffling forward and looking like he had leprosy and then begging. And people like being horrified because it is a very physically, uh, you know, very, sorry, very visually um, striking thing to see. Like he's not just someone with a handout, it's like someone covered in a disease. And, uh, and it is sad that they'll go to those extents. But yeah, you do have to, have to be wary of how to do it. I much prefer giving through an organization that I know is. Yeah, a reputable organization. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, mm. that's, and that's where I prefer to do my homework. Yep. I prefer to find out, you know, about an organization rather than take each individual case and be like, all right, mate, is this real leprosy? <laughs> you know, yeah. It's a very, yeah, it's a challenging world, indeed. Anyway, chapter 15 and verse 15. Uh, another one for us there, please, Mon. For the despondent, every day brings trouble. For the happy heart, life is a continual feast. Ah, there you go. And this is interesting. Yeah. If you get caught in that cycle of despondency, Mm -hmm. it can be difficult to break away from. Absolutely. And what you'll find is that suddenly the glass becomes half full Mm -hmm. in every circumstance. Uh, and I, you know, I, I've known and met a, a bunch of people who just, you know, they look at the world like this, and as a result of that, their life moves from one crisis to another. Uh, they become a very negative person. The glass is, you know, as I said, always half full, and things, you know, and they're the kind of person who can sit down and list off for you all of the things that have gone wrong, and and they'll have a major sub story. And that's and that is the reality of how they view their life. Everything has gone wrong in my life. You know, I lost this, I lost that. Where for a person whose whose life is half full, you will never hear that story. Yeah, no. Even when they're down and out, they are always a survivor. They are never a victim. And this is one of the things that we need to learn how to educate people to move from being a victim to being a survivor. My mum always used to tell me that setbacks. Are opportunities in work clothes. <laughs> a very wise saying your mother has. <laughs> yeah. Opportunities in work clothes. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because the reality is we are going to save, face a lot of setbacks in our life. And I think one of the things that defines 
how you view things is when you have a conversation with someone, do you have a list of setbacks to talk about? Do you have a list of negative mm. things to talk about? Yeah. And if you do, then you need to reevaluate how you're looking at your life. Yeah. Um, and you know, you could you could look at uh, you know you need to start instead focusing on how much more fortunate you are than somebody else. How many else. opportunities you have, and how many opportunities yeah. you've got. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, where are we up to? Um, chapter sixteen, verse nineteen. I think our next one is no, no, no. Sorry, chapter nineteen, verse fifteen. Nineteen. Let me just turn over. I love Chapter Proverbs. 19, verse 15. It's kind of so like practical. little chunks. Yeah. Bite size. Mm-hmm. Proverbs has... They're like bumper stickers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're like a whole collection stickers. of bumper stickers. Uh-huh. <laughs> 19, verse 15. Lazy people sleep soundly, but idleness leaves them hungry. Okay, so yeah, you might enjoy your bed in the morning sleeping in, but you're going to go hungry. And this is interesting. Um, uh, You know, uh, uh, what's that book? The one about it chronicles like it goes through multiple highly successful people and it talks about you know the habits they have that are all the same. Yeah, one of those get up early. Yeah, that's um, yeah. Yeah, speaks it right there. That does, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. If you are a a uh, if you are one of these people who has uh, this view of I'm not a morning person, time to become one. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Just. Deal with this morning, it. Just deal with it. This morning person, if you want to have success, owl is not real. No, it's not a real thing. It's not real. It's Mon, just a habit Mon, you're into. One gave us a demonstration of that last smashed year. Smashed it. Smashed it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Fantastic. Okay. Um, and what do we read? Verse 15? Uh, of Chapter 19? Yeah, we did just that one. What about verse 17? What does verse 17 say? Just turn my page over. If you help the poor, you are lending to the Lord and he will repay you. That's an interesting it's nice. passage. It's like an investment, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know, we need to help the poor and we need to do it in a responsible way. And the Bible says the Lord will... Re- we, have a, we have a responsibility here uh, because we have been blessed and the Bible says that God will repay us. Okay, chapter 30, verse 7, 8, and 9. We've got a bunch of these verses here. Chapter, chapter 30, 30. Verse 7, 8, and 9. Let me get over there. Chapter 30... My pages are sticking together, then glued together. Two things have I required of you. Oh, Deny so me them not before I die. There's a First, help KJV. me never to tell a lie. Second, give me neither poverty nor riches. Well, that's interesting. Give me just enough to satisfy my needs. For if I go rich, I may deny you and say, who is the Lord? And if I am too poor, I may steal and thus insult God's holy name. Did Solomon know what was going on or what? Yeah, he did. He, he really did. <laughs> he did. This guy really knew what was going on. Yep. Isn't that the reality? How, you know, a long time before Jesus said it was harder for a rich man to go into heaven than a camel through the eye of a needle, Solomon just comes along yep. and says, you know, don't make me rich because... I don't feel my need when I'm rich. Exactly. I'm rolling high and I forget God. Human nature has not changed. Mm. At the same time, he doesn't want to be dirt poor either. He just wants his needs provided for. And, of course, you know, one of the ways that God provides for our needs is by giving us health mm. and energy and a sound mind. That's right. If we have health and a sound mind, then God has given us everything we need to provide for our necessities. It's simply a matter of choosing to use that health and that sound mind in a practical and a responsible way and to learn from our mistakes. You know, you might come from a very disadvantaged background 
which means that you don't actually know how to work. And so you go through a bunch of jobs and you're like, why am I going from one job to the next to the next to the next? Why why do I keep getting fired? You know, Why does everybody not like me? I'm not going to look for work anymore because nobody likes me. No, it's because you need to learn how to work. And you need to learn from all of the mistakes of the past Yes. and grow from them. Yep. Okay, why did I just get fired and how can I make sure that that doesn't happen again? Yeah, retrospection, foresight and insight are three things that stupid people often don't um, utilize. Yeah. So if you're wondering how to get forward, how to grow your intelligence, try those three things. Absolutely. Look back, look forward, look in. Yep. And it will make a it will be transforming for your life. And of course, this is what Solomon has outlined for us right here. Anyway, this is Brandon Heath. Give me your eyes. You're listening to Faith FM. From a broken sky Traced out by the city lights My world from a mile high Best seat in the house tonight Touch down in the cold black top Hold on for the sudden stop Breathing the familiar shock Of confusion and chaos All those people Going somewhere Why have I never cared? Give me your eyes for just one second Give me your eyes so I can see Everything that I keep missing Give me your love for humanity Give me your arms for the broken hearted The ones that are far beyond my reach Give me your heart for the ones forgotten Give me your eyes so I can see Yeah 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 Step out on a busy street See a girl in our eyes meet Does her best to smile at me To hide what's underneath There's a man just to right Black suit and a bright red tie Too ashamed to tell his wife He's out of work, he's buying time All those people going somewhere Why have I never Care. Give me your eyes for just one second Give me your eyes so I can see Everything that I keep missing Give me your love for humanity Give me your arms for the broken hearted The ones that are far beyond my reach Give me your heart for the ones forgotten Give me your eyes so I can see Yeah 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 The ones that are far beyond my reach Give me your heart for the ones forgotten Give me your eyes so I can see Give me your eyes Lord, give me your eyes For 
Happy Hearts is a free community craft program for kids aged 1 to 5 designed to encourage growth and creativity through Bible stories. Join us each Tuesday during the school term from 9.30 till 11am at the Senior Citizens Hall, 401 Warburton Highway, Wandon North. For more information or to register, go to happyhandsart.com.au forward slash happyhearts or contact Patricia on 0425 854 516. That's 0425 854 516. Happy Hearts. Free fun for kids and the mess stays with us. Listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. No, my friends prove faithful and all. 
Back everybody, that was kind of funny music. Oh, when shall I see Jesus? We've come to question of the day time. Mon, what is our question of the day today? Oh, before I hit you with the question, I'm going to hit you with the quiz clue. Uh, so this is our Who Am I quiz. The clue number two is what is truth? Sorry, I said what is truth, <laughs> not what is truth. Uh, so this person uttered the question, what is truth? Give us a call if you know who that is, 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. This is double prizes because Lyle still doesn't know the answer. We've had some no, people call No, I know the answer to that. It's easy. No, you don't. It's a very famous um, saying. Well, that doesn't the make answer. the answer clear to you. I We've had people calling up and giving a shot at this, um, but yeah, give us a call. Uh, Lyle does know the answer. Yeah. But you know what? Easy I'm still going to give you double prizes. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> double prizes today. Just to celebrate Lyle giving the clue away before. It's not really something to celebrate, but sure. Anyway, Lyle, the question of the day um, relates to what we were talking about earlier in uh, in terms of giving to the poor. Mm-hmm. And the question is, someone's uh, been very specific. Doesn't the Bible say that we're supposed to give 10% of our income to the poor? No, the Bible doesn't say that. Now, this is a very popular misconception in relationship to tithe. The word tithe simply means a tenth. That's what the word means. 
And the Bible talks about a tithe. Uh, the Bible talks about Abraham, you know, long before Moses and all of those kind of things took place, the tithe existed. He he returned tithe to uh, Melchizedek, who was the priest of Salem, which later became known as Jerusalem. Uh, but when we come down to the time of Moses, Moses, of course, was, you know, codifying uh, what the, the service of God was. And so he actually specifies what the tithe was, that it was a tenth um, of all of their increase. And so it's not a tenth of your turnover, it's a tenth of, tenth of your increase. In other words, how much you increase by, uh, whether that be on a weekly basis, a yearly basis, whatever it might be. Um, <clears throat> in you'll find that uh, defined in Leviticus 27, verse 30 to 32, you'll find that its purpose is outlined in Numbers chapter 18, verse 21, and 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 13 to 14. The tithe was not for the support of the poor. So this is a regular offering that is made uh, that is not for the support of the poor. No, the tithe was the support was for the support of the ministry for the you know spreading of the word and so forth, evangelism and um, the teaching ministry, all of that kind of thing for the Levites, those who would had been appointed to that particular calling. And so the Levites were not actually given land; they were given the tithe instead, and they were expected to, you know, to run the synagogues to make sure that the people had a good working knowledge of God, to you know, to visit the uh, the those who were poor and to you know visit people that were sick, or you know, the, all the things that ministers do. That was the job of the Levites that had been entrusted to them. And of course, you know, Paul brings that down into the New Testament in First Corinthians chapter nine. You'll also find that Jesus spoke about it in Matthew chapter twenty-three and verse twenty-three, and spoke about the importance of returning tithe. And so then you're wondering, well, okay, how were the poor supported? Did God make a plan for supporting his ministers and not for supporting his poor? Let me read from you. This comes from Deuteronomy chapter 14 and verse 28. The Bible says, At the end of three years you shall bring forth all the tithe of your produce, all the tenth of your produce in that year, and lay it up inside your gates. And the Levite, because there's no partner or inheritance with you, and the stranger and the orphan and the widow. So notice who this is. The refugee, the orphan, and the widow, um, those people who are in poverty, who are inside your gates, shall come and eat and be satisfied that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands which you shall do. This actually was a, uh, the Bible says here in the third year, um, it goes on in uh, chapter 26, it says when you finished tithing of all the tithes of your produce, in other words, you finished all your normal tithe in the third year, uh, of the tithe you shall give to the Levite, the stranger, the author, window, um, so that they can eat safely in your um, palaces, in your what did I say? What did I say? In your cities, and, uh, and and so this was the system. Every three years, they had a cycle where they would return an extra tithe, and that extra tithe was there to support uh, refugees. It was there to support widows. It was there to support. Um, orphans and all of those that were really poor and struggling in their community. It only needed to happen every three years because there was never as many poor people. Poverty wasn't as big as, you know, obviously there was Levites. And so that's why that was the system that God set up and it would be a great system for us to use today. If you have a question, give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. I can only imagine what it will be like when I walk by your side, I can only imagine 
What my eyes will see when your face is before me, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Surrounded by your glory, one will my heart feel. Will I dance for you, Jesus? Or in all of you be still? Will I stand in your presence? Or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak at all? I can only imagine. I can only imagine. When that day comes And I find myself Standing in the sun I can only imagine When all I will do Is forever Forever worship you I can only imagine I can only imagine
That was Bart Millard and Sharon Millard. Uh, with I Can Only Imagine here on Faith FM, we have come to the end of the show. We are about to have a final quick clue for the quiz. And Who am I? The chief priests and Pharisees requested that I make Jesus' tomb secure for three days. If you know who this is, our number is one eight hundred three two four eight four three. Or if you would like the other free offer that is about to happen now, you're yes. about to hear all about it. So, Mon, tell us all about it. What's Man, it? I'm just rolling with the generosity. I'm giving away two prizes again today. Uh, I'm giving away a, a book called Finding a Better Way by Gustavo Squazon. Uh, this book is incredible. It's, Did uh, you pronounce that correctly? I have no idea. You have a go at it. Squires on. Yeah. yeah. That's what I thought. <laughs> anyway, uh, this book is all about searching for a better way. Um, and, uh, and basically the fact that Jesus is a better way. Uh, so if you're looking, you know, you're looking at the world around us, you know, we've been talking about poverty today, but there's so many other aspects to our world that are going wrong. You know, it's just poverty, disasters, um, crime, corruption. The world is going uh, down rapidly. And this book is all about finding a better way to move through it. Uh, by living your life as a Christian life. Uh, I will also give away a copy. We gave one of these away yesterday, but we got, I've got another one here. It's a hardcover Bible. It's quite big. Um, it's a hardcover black with uh, gold writing on the front, Holy Bible. It has red letter inside Jesus' words uh, in red. It also has Study Helps by Mark Finley. This is a New King James edition. Yeah, these are really nice Bibles. Yeah, I think these nice. are the nicest Bibles we've ever given away here on Faith oh, FM. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, so you can get those two books right now if you're the first person to call through on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. Our first person will get this double prize. There's even some pictures in the back as well. So really cool. Fantastic. Okay, give us a call right now and there is a Bible and a book coming your way. You might even get something else if you know the answer to the quiz. So now is the time to call, but don't forget, we always love you guys. We love the time that you spend with us every morning, and we look forward to joining tomorrow with you again. He is able to keep us from stumbling. He is able. Distances come between everything that we hold dear. He is able to draw us into deeper life. He is able to cut away like a knife everything that keeps us from Him. Everything that keeps us from Him. Love is able to 
to keep us when the dark descends on everything we have known. He is able to save us to the uttermost. He is able to fill us with His Holy Ghost. May everything we do show Him. May everything we do show Him. Jesus, our Savior and King.